Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of In The Zone. A lot of breaking news actually in the NFL, in WWE. We found out what's going to be happening at WrestleMania this year. Big matches planned. But Chris, I want to start off with this because NFL this week, there is a lot of big moves. The Steelers traded their two top guys for nothing at all. And the New York Giants had a blockbuster trade with Cleveland where they sent Odell Beckham Jr. What are your thoughts on these moves? Uh, I want to first start by saying um, my condolences to Steelers fans and Giants fans around the world. You basically got rid of three generational talents, probably the two best wide receivers in the game, and Antonio Brown and Odell for basically nothing. Um, I know the Steelers, I don't know if you guys like follow, but like all year, Antonio Brown and the Steelers were just like not on good terms after like week five. Something happened with Big Ben. He was like arguing with Brown a lot with like the plays. And Brown thought that he was bigger than the team at that point. Or Big Ben, I don't know, one of them did. And it just never went well after that. So Antonio Brown finally was like going to Twitter. He's like, oh, I need new scenery. I need this, that. Um, if I want to stay, Big Ben has to go. You know, he was very, he was being very, you know, um, he was just being a cancer basically in the room. And finally, they're like, you know what? Even though you are a generational wide receiver, one of the greatest that we've seen in a while, they finally got rid of him. They traded him to Oakland, an NFC team, which to me is a very interesting move because, again, they just got a number one wide receiver in Amari Cooper last year. So now Oakland has Amari Cooper and Antonio Brown going into this season, but their QB, Derek Carr, just not, still to me is not that great. But now you have Antonio Brown and you have uh, Amari Cooper. Um, the only good thing I guess I could say with Steelers is you're getting rid of Antonio Brown and the problems that came with him. I guess it's a clean slate. It's a fresh start for them this year. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs last year, surprisingly. Um, going into last year, at the beginning of the year, they were actually like favorites in the AFC as they are almost every single year. And another guy that also just went, Le'Veon Bell, he sat out the whole year last year. He didn't play because, you know, that's how the NFL is. It's a fun, it's a fun you know, industry where players can just sit out and nothing will really happen. So he finally is signing with the New York Jets for $52.5 million for four years. That's a pretty big contract for not playing a game last year. Um, basically, the Jets to me are a what-if team. Like, if you guys kind of look at, like, what the Colts have been the last, like, three, four years, that's kind of what the Jets are right now. Like, Andrew Luck is great. They drafted a quarterback in Sam Darnold last year. And he looked – he showed some flashes of brilliance last year. But, again, the rookie – you know, when you're a rookie QB, sometimes it doesn't work out. So, maybe his sophomore year will be better. Now you have a running back in Le'Veon Bell. Maybe the Jets will finally make the playoffs finally for once after I remember the last time they made it. Mark Sanchez was their QB, and that was a disaster. And last, I want to quickly just get into this Odell trade. This is one of the worst trades I've ever seen, especially for a, a franchise and the Giants. They, uh, I flat out, I don't understand why they took Eli Manning over Odell. At this rate, Eli Manning, yes, you have two Super Bowl rings. You're somehow tied with Peyton, and I don't know how he's tied with Peyton and rings. That's for a completely different debate. But Odell, to me, made Eli Manning, and Odell Beckham basically has made Eli Manning stay in the NFL and have a job because, to me, you look at the stats, look at the QB rating, Eli Manning is not even a starter in the NFL today. And that's saying a lot for the name that he has, but... Um, you know, you're getting a first and a, I think a third, um, the 17th pick for the Giants this year. Uh, again, if it was Cleveland like last year, it would have been like a third overall pick and then that's maybe better. But apparently the Giants, I don't think they're going to trade up in the draft. So I don't know why you're trading Odell Beckham, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. And he's basically one of the only NFL players in the NFL today that is internationally well-known. Because I remember I saw a stat. It's like four NFL players are internationally well-known. Only four. That's it. And like we all know the NFL is like an American uh, you know, sport. Yeah. Odell is internationally known. Obviously, Tom Brady is internationally known. I'm pretty sure Gronk is internationally known. And I'm pretty sure the other guy is a guy that just recently retired in Peyton Manning. So... 
that's how big of a player Odell Beckham Jr. is. And he's basically the best player I've ever seen play for the Giants organization. And if I'm Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the game now for the Giants, I'm crying because you literally have nobody running that offense. And to me, it's just a shame, honestly. Like, I mean, Cleveland now is going to be the team to beat in the AFC. And that is so funny to say because that's like saying in the NHL, that is like saying right now that Ottawa is the team to beat in the NHL because two years ago, Cleveland was 0-16. They didn't win a game. And now they have guys like Nick Chubbs. They have Kareem Hunt, who they just signed because remember when he hit that girl in the elevator and then Casey oh, banned him for life. That's so they got Kareem Hunt now. They also got Odell and now, of course, Baker Mayfield. This guy is looking to be the new hot shot in the NFL. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go to the finals. That's all I'm saying. They are probably super, They might be Super Bowl favorites going into the year, but I'm a Bengals fan, and that kind of it sucks seeing Odell <laughs> go to the Browns. But that's basically enough for the NFL, man. Uh, I just want to get now into the ring. Fast lane just happened, and to me, it exceeded expectations. What were your thoughts on the show overall? I think it's uh, <clears throat> safe to say that it's been the best fast lane card we've ever had. Because usually before the the Mania show, it's just a wash yeah. and they throw matches together. But uh, the WWE title had purpose. The women's title was really hot. A couple of solid tag matches. A lot of drama going on. So it's about time they got it right for Fastlane. I love the Fatal 4-Way match with Samoa Joe, R-Truth, Andrade and Ray. That rematch from Tuesday night before when Samoa Joe won the title. I thought it finally brought... Like prestige back to the title. We've seen these open challenges and nothing really come about after the guy wins the title. For them to put it right on the pay-per-view, give them a good amount of time to like have a good 10-minute match. I thought it was great for the title and that I don't know that women's title match with the, or the number one contender to get Becky into the triple threat at Mania wasn't a fan. So uh, if we quickly run through the card, I just want to basically. To me, this was one of the more well-booked shows when you look at like pre-show all the way to the main event. Because if you look at what happened during the show, the New Day versus Shinsuke and Rusev, um, it actually led on to the actual card, which is something that you don't see ever. So, you know, coming out the handicap match with The Bar and Kofi Kingston, we saw the New Day finally come out and then Shinsuke and Rusev all of a sudden attack them. So it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like you don't see that often and you don't see that enough. And obviously as well, um, I'll start with the the match that opened the show. And to me, it was predictable. The Usos defeating Shane and The Miz. Did you guys see Shane turning though? Because a lot of people said The Miz would turn. I did not see him turning. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> that's the one thing I got wrong in this feud. Everyone's kind of, uh, you kind of knew it was going to happen, but... I don't know, Shane turning heel, it's a, it's a funny sight. I guess they're rolling with The Miz as a babyface, a way more successful run than his 2013 babyface run. So this is very interesting. To me, the biggest question mark is if The Miz's dad was not a part of the storyline, what would Shane need to do to go over as the heel other than just beat him up after? Because I feel like him – like. Like <laughs> him hitting the Miz's dad in the face, be like, "Ha ha, that's your son, ha!" Huh? Like that was like, oh, like oh, that man. was just so, it was so funny, it was so perfect. But like, if you look at that, and if Miz's dad wasn't there, it really wouldn't have been an impactful heel turn. Like it would have been like, "Oh okay," it's like, like a random standard heel turn. Yeah, yeah just yeah. turns on the partner and leaves. <laughs> but like, I like, I like the way he choked out the Miz too. Like yeah. I like that. But again. For me now, moving forward, who are the Usos going to face? The Hardy Boys. Oh, no. Yeah. It's gonna, <laughs> they even challenge them because they did that promo on SmackDown where they put the hands up. And, like, there's another pair of brothers that we didn't mention. They talked about the Hardys. I think Usos and Hardys at WrestleMania. Is there a chance they just throw a fatal four-way tag at you last second? Probably. Like yeah, eight prob minutes? I wouldn't be surprised. They like having these 10 multi-man matches at WrestleMania to get the whole roster on the card, so it wouldn't like, surprise yeah. me. If they will, I feel like that's the match they'll do it with because they have Shinsuke and Rusev yeah. and all these other teams now, and they're just going to get thrown into the mix. What a fall for Shinsuke, though. Went last year winning the Rumble, facing AJ for the title, and now he might not even be on the show, which is crazy. He was on the pre-show of Fastlane. <laughs> um, 
Up next is one of the more underwhelming, at least, turn of events for me in, in recent, like, in the last couple of years, is the SmackDown Women's title. Like, no one gives a shit about it anymore. So, on this show, we saw Asuka versus Mandy Rose in a last-second match. And Sonya, I guess, cost Mandy the title. Um, do you guys see a triple threat, I guess, at Mania? I, uh, <laughs> the way things are going, I guess. There's been rumors recently can't really confirm they have plans for Lacey Evans oh, in that yeah. spot I don't think she's ready at all but the the Rose and Oscar match was very sloppy it didn't last long everyone was confused by the ending so the I guess that was one of the few washes of the uh, pay-per-view it's just it's so sad again like we we're just talking about Shinsuke what about Oscar she's going down the same path but the crazy thing is she has a belt on her if you're a SmackDown Women's Champ, shouldn't you be like, you know, like prominent on the card like the Raw Women's title is? I know you have no like com- like competition, I guess, right now because you're going all out with the Raw one. Like again, that's the one thing that I didn't I didn't think Charlotte needed to be a part of was the fucking Raw Women's title because it just impacted the SmackDown one so much. Like I love Mandy and them. But they're not – I feel like they're not a threat to Asuka at all. Like they're I look at it, it's ready. like – Yeah. Like if this match was any indication, you just said it was sloppy. Everyone was confused. It's like if you're going to get this at WrestleMania, like just have it on the pre-show at this rate. Like, I think so, it's going to be in the Women's Battle Royal. Oh, oh no. That's what's going to happen. It's going to play out there and that's where you're going to find out who's the heel, who's the face, who's turning on who. Unbelievable. But uh, So you'd be down for Charlotte Asuka Part 2. That's what. I, that's okay. If if I'm booking it, yeah, you have Charlotte Oscar, you have Rousey, uh, you have Rousey and Becky. That's two amazing matches right there. It's like it, yeah. it makes sense that the the SmackDown Women's Title is taking a backseat because the other feud is so hot. But like at the same time, it's taking a backseat to the Rose and Deville p- yeah. potential breakup <laughs> feud. It is like when that's the case, that's that's kind of sad. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I like the whole like fire and desire thing too. And no, there's no tag team. Like, they bring the tag team titles, and now you're breaking up a tag team that's been together for a while. So it's kind of counterproductive for WWE creative. And it's so sad because they've improved so much, both of them. And just seeing them kind of go into a meaningless story like this. And yeah, okay, you're going to be in the SmackDown Women's title, but, like, we have no idea what you're doing, like, after this. Like, we will put you in a breakup feud and then go out there for eight minutes and kill it. Like, Like, I have no idea. But, yeah, to me, that was... Like, over the last couple months, it's like, what happened? Like, Asuka beat Becky and Charlotte in the first TLC match. And, like, you're just going to crumble the momentum after that? Like, that to me, that makes no sense. Like, we kind of knew at the time she'd be a transitional champion. But that doesn't mean, like, you're not involved in any uh, exciting storylines. And since she's had the title, it's been nothing since. Like, absolutely nothing. And, again, like... The Charlotte Flair, like Vince bringing out Charlotte and being like, this is our champion. This is the person we want. It's like you, you didn't really need to do that. Like you could have just had Becky and Ronda. Ronda should have turned a lot sooner and you have those two go at it. But that's for a whole other debate, a whole other day. Um, next we had, again, was uh, the Bar versus Kofi. Uh, I guess to feel bad for Kofi, got the job done, the Bar squashed him. Um, again, to me, this does nothing for Sheamus and Cesaro. I loved it, but again, it's like, wh- why? What was the point of this to get Kofi on the card? Yeah, like it's just another chapter in Kofi's long journey. Um, the next, next we had a great match for the Raw Tag Team Titles: Ricochet and Aleister Black versus the Revival versus Root and Gable. What were your thoughts on this one? It was okay, but when you see these teams like Aleister Black and Ricochet. They're not really a tag team, so you know they don't have long-term plans for them as a team. And then Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, I think, have been a team way too long. This should have this experiment should have been ended long ago. And now that they come out and they have the same entrance, it's a little weird. And especially Bobby Roode, he can be used for so much more, even turn him heel or something. And then the Revival now have no other challengers on Raw that I can think of that can be a realistic threat at WrestleMania, so... It doesn't really do anything for all the guys involved in that match. Yeah, they really don't have anyone else. I don't know the plans for Ricochet and Black. They're just kind of there. They yeah. bounce from Raw and SmackDown. Like, you know they're not going to win because they're still lost. And uh, I think the Revival beating 
or pinning Gable and Rude was kind of the predictable outcome. So that was a fun 15-minute sprint for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, going off that, it's actually crazy here. The times are literally the exact same. Both matches were 10 minutes, 50 seconds. The next match was, again, you mentioned the Fatal 4 for the WWE United States title. Samoa Joe defeats Andrade, R-Truth, and Ray. It's actually pretty funny to see R-Truth be a part of a really good pay-per-view match. Because, yeah. again... He was irrelevant for years, and he was a joke. Even when he had the U.S. title, he, it's like, oh, it's our truth. He's a, he's only champion because of Martin Luther King and all that stuff, you know. But like, like you said, Samoa Joe having the United States title, beating Andrade, beating Rey Mysterio, it brings, you know, it brings some something back to the U.S. title that we haven't seen in a long time, and that's credibility. And Samoa Joe is a guy where I said, I said at the chamber. I think I said to you, you even said it to me, we wanted to see him as the WWE champion. And, you know, it didn't happen, but him becoming the United States champion, I guess, is the second best thing. And it's great for SmackDown right now because Samoa Joe is one of the more top heels in the company. No one really likes him. Do you think, like, they could, I feel like they can't screw this up. They can't screw this run up. It's WWE, though. It is, because <laughs> they've screwed up with Shinsuke. They've screwed up with Rusev Day. Like, okay, out of all three of these guys, it's obviously not going to be our truth. Someone that's maybe not even in this match, but do you continue this trend going to WrestleMania, where it's like a fatal four-way for the U.S. title, or would you rather have that singles match with I John really, Cena? I'd rather really have the singles match. But now John Cena, I don't know if they maybe have him versus Kurt Angle for his last match. But Samoa Joe, if he needs an opponent, maybe they do a triple threat, him, Andrade, and Rey Mysterio. That'd be awesome. I am just down for any of this. This is long overdue. They finally have the talent for this U.S. title picture. So if the four of them go at it for the next three weeks, up until the build till Mania, then I'm so fine with that. Because, well, it also helps, like, the Andrade and Rey feud, it's been going for, like, months now. And it's probably one of the more underrated feuds of the year so far. The match quality obviously is always going to be there, and Samoa Joe as well. He's he's getting older, but he's still one of the top characters, in my opinion, in the business. That's just my opinion. He should, uh, if they want to avoid what they've done in the past, he needs to hold on to the title until like SummerSlam time, because usually it's like, oh, they uh, he had a long reign or a long feud with the WWE champ, and he's not successful, so we'll just give him the U.S. title, and then that lasts three weeks, and then it's flip flop. So he needs to hold on to that for a while, and. When he won it, I immediately envisioned him just choking people out backstage, saying, like, you don't deserve my U.S. title. You can go, like, so many places with Joe. The guy's such a character. Does he face maybe Kevin Owens at WrestleMania? The thing with me is there's a lot of options for Samoa Joe, but I feel like if you want to crown, like, a new U.S. champion, like a Kevin Owens or a Andrade, I feel like you have to wait a bit because, again, like, you can't be flip-flopping champions all the time. It doesn't bring credibility. It doesn't yeah. bring... You know, um, like even like Samoa Joe, just look at him. He's a monster. He's a tank. Like, just give this guy at least like a couple months with the belt. Like, that's why I never understood Rusev's reign. I never understood guys like Shinsuke. Even Kevin Owens is rotten with the U.S. title. It's like and Styles too. It's like yeah. why? Why do you have the title for like two weeks? Like, I I just don't understand it. Like, because people are saying, oh, Andrade is the future. Kevin Owens is back. Let's just give him a title right away. It's like, you know what? Work for it. Yeah. Work a program for at least a couple months and then win it. Because that's what they do all the time. They get on the hype train. Oh, Andrade Oh, Andrade looks really good in this feud with Ray. Why don't we just scrap Samoa completely the next couple months and we'll put Andrade and Ray in a program. And then Samoa Joe will be MIA or doing a meaningless feud with, I don't know, let's say like a Jason Jordan coming back or a random fucking person on SmackDown. Because we've seen it happen. Yeah. We've seen it happen in the past, and it's it's so sad to see, like with Rusev and Shinsuke and AJ and all these other guys. Like, even now, AJ and Randy Orton, to me, like, it's good, but, ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, like... The rumors also spoil it because, like, we've known, I guess, for, like, a couple yeah. months now. It's like, oh, apparently Orton and Styles. It's like, okay, I'm going to get that. But going back to the United States title, it was a great match. 
I think you need to just keep waving. You just got to keep going with Samoa Joe. He's just a he's a main event guy. You can't like you don't make guys like him. He moves quick. His mic skills are awesome. His psychological game is there. Like even on SmackDown, we saw when he just attacked Andrade after the match. It's like this guy's this guy's badass. He looks he's like a, a serial killer after he <laughs> lost. He's your U.S. champion. Uh, up next, we have was the women's tag team championship match. To me, this did nothing. But again, look who was in it: Nia Jax, Tamina. Do you really want them being your tag champs? No. no. But the thing that I really want to talk about was Beth Phoenix, her involvement. Why? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. There's nostalgia for men, but you don't need it for the women's division. Come on. I think they want to do uh, Phoenix and Natalia, the divas of doom, the nickname no one fucking remembers. This is Naya and Tamina, which will do nothing for everyone. But then, if that means a guy like Shinsuke is off the card, like, <laughs> why? Why would you do that? <laughs> She didn't even get a reaction on Raw, though. Did you when her music hit? It's like, oh, Beth Phoenix, WWE Hall of Famers in Natalia's Corner. And then her music hits, you don't hear anything. So that, that's not a real good sign if you're going into WrestleMania and that's someone you're bringing back for this matchup to bring more star power, I guess, to the match. I, they've been saying, uh, Sasha and Bailey, they've been going around the world and like on house shows and NXT, NXT UK. Like, we're here to defend these titles against anyone. And then they just bring Beth Phoenix back for this meaningless kind of feud that's not drawing any interest at the moment yeah. i don't really get it there's probably gonna have like 10 teams so that's gonna be another multi-person match at wrestlemania <laughs> 10 women's teams from all over their company nxt uk nxt smackdown and raw go fight for it let's see Rhea ripley and tony storm win the smack uh the the tag team title <laughs> that'd be insane um next we have was a triple threat match for the wwe title this to me was awesome, obviously. You had Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, and Mustafa Ali added last second. Um, I still don't understand why Mustafa was added. I mean, I know he was supposed to be in the chamber. Uh, apparently, Kofi's push was supposed to be Ali's push. That's what I was hearing. Um, but to me, it's still a little weird adjusting, like seeing Kevin Owens as a face. Um, I do like what he did. I, I love the program with Daniel Bryan. Um, I knew that... I knew that Brian was retaining here, kind of predictable. But at the end of the day, to me, the MVP in this match was Mustafa Ali. He looked so good in this. Even at the top of the card, he looked like unfazed, you know, just motivated. And he's just doing his thing, going from 205 to a WWE title match so quickly, too. What was it, like four or five months? Yeah, it wasn't long. It was yeah. not long at all. So what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Mustafa Ali being added? I loved it. It's another, uh, it's more fuel to the fire because it makes sense if that was supposed to be him, then you can kind of go somewhere with that, possibly a heel turn a little further uh, down the line, I think, maybe him and Kofi, but uh, they were trending Kofi the entire match and then after the the crowd kind of calmed down and they realized, wow, we have three world-class athletes here, let's pay attention to this and the match was amazing and if Daniel Bryan holds the title the whole year, I'm fine. Even though everyone's on the Kofi bandwagon, I, I love Daniel Bryan. The guy's amazing. Yeah, it was a good match. And Mustafa Ali with that, um, what was it, the 450 did on the apron? That was a tough bump. For, that was bad. I'm surprised no one got hurt. That's good. But Mustafa Ali, I think they put him in there just because of that. Elimination Chamber, he got taken out. They put him in for this because Vince McMahon said, it's okay, it's going to be a triple threat match. And the New Day, you're banned from ringside. All right, bye. And then they all go in the ring. And that's what they did. So, But I liked the match. It was good for Mustafa Ali really coming out and seeing that he can main event uh, for the WWE title maybe one day down the road. But I liked it. Um, one thing I want to bring up, because this kind of reminds me, Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, kind of reminds me of Seth Rollins and uh, J&J Security. I just want to – the reason being, I don't want Daniel Bryan – friggin retain every time because of rowan and if that's if that's the case i'm not down for that because daniel bryan is a fighting champion we saw him almost take out brock lesnar by himself so like i don't get why like even rowan needed to like needed to tell bryan to beat styles like i don't get that um even you know at the chamber you know even here like to me eric rowan like he's great he looks great looks bigger he looks thinner He's, you know, he's he's the recycled, you know, sidekick, whatever you want to call it. But I really don't want him to be a big part of Daniel's matches because Brian's matches are simply incredible. Like I don't want I don't want him ruining that. 
So um, at WrestleMania, if we get Daniel Bryan versus Kofi, which it's probably happening, (laughs) I don't want Rowan to be a big part. I don't want the New Day to be a big part of it. I just want to see those two go at it in the ring for 20 minutes. And that is it. That's all I want to see. But Mustafa Ali, I feel like he's a guy where come SummerSlam time, he may be in that uh, that WWE ch- like championship feud like consistently because who else is there on SmackDown? You have Kevin Owens, you have Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, Samoa Joe maybe, the Miz, the Miz maybe. I don't know. It's it's up in the air. But again, we don't even know what's happening with the superstar shakeup. When Maybe. is that again? Do you know? Uh, I think it's like two weeks after Mania. Perfect. Yeah. So fifteenth um, or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. In Montreal, so good okay. Canadian crowd. And then we, of course, had the Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. I don't really want to get into it too much. I think this was a big dud. Um, they've been playing the injury thing with Becky Lynch for too long. Yeah. I feel like. If it was this serious of an injury, you wouldn't. She wouldn't be competing at WrestleMania. It's been like two months now, where she's been limping every week and coming out in crutches. It's like, can it's you just like? It's very wrestling. Yeah, it's like we get it. You're in pain, but it fits like this every day, every week. It's a little concerning. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like even the during the match, like Charlotte's going after her leg, and it's like come on like there's no offense here like from becky like a little punch charlotte gets like you know rattled and then goes back in the ring it's like come on and then the stupid ronda rousey comes out a little hit to becky and then just leaves i'm like not even leaves actually she's in the ring just like in the corner just like staring at charlotte it's like what what what, what's happening here and usually if you're a baby face becky you would attack back instead of just laugh in the corner because that was not a face thing to do. I kind of like the laughing, actually. It was, di- uh, it was different, but like a, a face doesn't do that. It's kind of saying like, oh, I'm in your head. I got you to do that. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But So now this, I guess, means that Becky's winning the title. I at, hope so. At oh my God, Ron, did you see those promos? Like, <laughs> can you make it even more obvious? Like, it's all scripted beforehand. She's reading every single line. She sounds like she's going into like a movie role, and then she's using all these big words. Like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> the be- the best to me was um, I went to the house show on Friday, and uh, Ruby Ry- It was for the women's title at a house show, and it was uh, Ruby Rye versus Ronda Rousey, and Rousey came out as a heel. So I'm like, Ruby's a heel here. And literally, dude, the match was three minutes. It was three minutes. She whipped Ruby, like, you know, like the move, like the, she did that like five times and then put the arm bar in and that was it. And like, literally, like, I don't know if the fans knew she was a heel because they're all like asking for autographs. And she literally, I think she looked and she ripped someone's sign. And then she was like, I think she like flipped off the crown and she just walked to the back. I'm like, okay, this girl's like... She gotta kind of calm down a bit. Like you're a heel, but you don't have to do all that. <laughs> like, well, like, at least they're treating Ruby with respect. Yeah, three minutes. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Went from eight minutes to three minutes. That's a great, great move. I think Collab looked at me. He's like, "Is this fucking serious?" Like, is this? I'm like, I'm like, hey, whatever to get Ronda over as a heel. I, I don't know. Do it. But yeah, and then we had, of course, the last, the last Shield match ever uh, taken on. Uh, Corbin, Lashley, and Drew. Um, this match was so long. It's like 25 minutes. Um, spot fest galore. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on this one? Again, spot fest. Like when they went in the crowd. I don't know if this was a tornado tag where they're all in the ring at the same time, or they have to tag their opponent, their partners. So that was a little confusing right off the bat. Then uh, I guess there was no disqualification because he went in the crowd and the ref wasn't really counting anything. <laughs> and, yeah, then they won. Great moment for the Shield, at least. And Roman looked good. His first match back. Uh, I don't know where they're going to go with Ambrose now. That's a big question. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> but if this really was the last time ever, then it was a nice feel-good moment seeing the Shield take out the bad guys one last time. Doesn't Baron Corbin just fucking reel you in? What a yeah. guy. He does. <laughs> he's, he's so boring. I don't know why he's there, but that yeah, that was a <laughs> it's a fun match. I also uh, Drew McIntyre needs to be treated a little bit more seriously now because it's been a few months of just kind of floating around there. 
Um, this match to me was basically. Do you do you remember that spot where you know when Corbin goes under the rope and back in the ring? Yeah. Did you did you see when Reigns kicked him in the face? <laughs> I didn't see like the whole. So like thing. he was going under the ring like to do like you know like go back in yeah. and like I think Roman thought he was like running at him, so Roman stuck his foot out oh. to kick him, and he full on kicked Baron when he was like going to slide under the ring. It was right in the jaw, <laughs> oh, and he he kept going like he came right back in the ring. I'm like okay like this guy got kicked in the face and just kept going. <laughs> what a pro. And like, that's a, that's and, a and, move. and to me, Roman was actually like, he looked confused as shit. He's like, wait, I kicked what the fuck? Like, I think he, <laughs> there were just some spots here though, where like Dean looked like the leader of the shield. And it was so like, it was so happy. Like, it was so happy to see. I'm like, this guy looks like he's, he's taking the most, like he's getting, he's getting his ass kicked, but he always comes back and he's fighting and fighting and fighting. And believe it or not, most of the match, he was going up against Drew like one on one, and um, we saw again on Raw, Drew kind of destroyed Dean, and it's like, if if I have to at least put Dean in a direction, I guess I would say he's facing Drew at Mania. I don't want to see a tag team match at WrestleMania. I don't want to see that because it was here yeah. we saw the tag match, but again, um, it was a perfect way for Seth to be protected because again he wasn't like a, you could easily. I don't know. Was he a hundred percent? Is he cleared? Like, I have no idea, but he looked great here. He took some bumps. Um, you know, he didn't wrestle, wrestle like the whole time, which was fine. Roman didn't even look wrestle that much, but he was there. He, he did a couple big spots. Um, to me, the MVP of this match actually was definitely Bobby Lashley. He had a lot of, just when you thought he was out of it, he came in the ring. He was breaking up pins. He was beating the hell out of Rollins, like he was beating up all of them. And there was one point there where all three of them took out each member of the Shield, and I was like, there's no way they're winning. <laughs> like, there's no way they are winning. And then, obviously, the Shield won last. I lo- Okay, you know what I loved? I love when they triple powerbomb Drew through the announce table, and then they triple powerbomb Baron, and that was it. And I was like, okay, that was a good ending. 25 minutes, did the job, a, a nice, you know, the three fists to close out the show. I thought it was perfect. But again, I thought during the match, call me crazy, I thought Dean Ambrose was going to turn on the Shield again, and I thought he was in a feud with Roman Reigns come WrestleMania. That's what I thought was going to happen, but I guess it's not happening. It would have been interesting to see if he did the DDT and then that's over, and then just walk to the back. like. So they would be like, what the fuck, man, again? I would, I would love to see Roman turn just so it all comes full circle. All oh, of them man. screw each other over at some point. That would be interesting. <laughs> it's too good to be true. Yeah, he can. He's he's he can. He can. But anyways, let's go to Raw now. Raw was uh Raw was pretty fun. I mean, there were a couple bumps, but uh, I just want to basically what was to you what was like the biggest point from Raw that you got? Because for me. Yeah. It was the awkwardness between Triple H and Batista. <laughs> that was it for me, 100% to it. That was like the... Do you have they're your yelling, now? <gasps> they're yelling at each other. And basically, he's saying, give me what I want. And literally, I went on the internet, and it became a friggin' meme. <laughs> it's like, oh, is Batista gay? Like it, like, like, it just sounds so bad, like what he's saying. It's like, and he's spitting on the mic, and he's not even clear... And everything to me just is awkward. Triple H has been a heel for like seven years now. <laughs> and like you're telling me that Triple H is a face going into this. Like the guardians of the independent scene. <laughs> That's the only line I remember from oh, that. <laughs> I would have liked to see Triple H as a heel. I don't know, Batista, like even though his mic work is better as a heel, it just doesn't really make sense. Why would he want uh, Triple H to do that one thing he hasn't done. Triple H should be the heel because he's never been a Batista, and that should be the whole draw for him. But now, at the end of the promo, I like how Batista said, thanks you for making me go on my terms because I want to wrestle my last match against you at WrestleMania, but I also want to go out knowing that I ended your career. So, shots fired from Batista. It took a while to get there, but that yeah. was the home run line. <laughs> it happened at the end after the yelling and the spitting and the microphone, but Jesus. <laughs> they got there. <laughs> But, like, who's winning this, though? I think Triple H. Oh, my God. Yeah, it should be the game. Yeah. <laughs> he needs a win. You think he's going to beat Batista? Yeah. Oh. The question is, where is that on the card and who gets screwed over? That's going to be 35 minutes. 
Only. You're going to have a 15 to 20 minute entrance just for Triple H alone. <laughs> Maybe a 5 to 10 minute entrance of Batista because he's going to probably have like Marvel put hook him up with Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, promote that, and then the match is going to be another 25 minute no holds barred match. It's going to be a real nice hour. <laughs> Two 50 year olds going at it. Okay, so after Raw. What are your thoughts on the way they booked Drew McIntyre this show? Because they made him look like a main event star again. I, like uh, you said, he was in limbo for, what, two months? He was actually looked at as a Royal Rumble favorite. We all we all mentioned it. And then he kind of just fucked off for a bit. And now, finally, three weeks from WrestleMania, it's like, we're going to make this show all about Drew. Beat the shit out of Dean and Roman. So, what were your thoughts on that? It was the highlight of the show for me, easily. You said a few minutes ago, maybe Dean and Drew at Mania. I think this was a clear indication that it'll be Drew and uh, Roman. Just beat the shit out of him. No one saw it coming. It was amazing. He put on an unbelievable false count anywhere match. Those matches are usually sloppy, but like it was just so entertaining. And then Drew with the big finish. I love this direction. He jammed the pencil in his eye. Love oh Renee's reaction. God. Yeah. Just everything felt real. Emotional. Clicked. Yeah. It's like a real reaction. I think she didn't know that whole, what was going to happen. because <laughs> Right in front <laughs> of her got too. got the pencil and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Right in his eye. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like what, uh, what they did there with like, apparently now Roman has a concussion and he's out like for, for, yeah. I don't know. They said he's out and, um. If this means that Roman's going to beat Drew at WrestleMania, I don't want to see that. I think Drew needs the win more than Roman, even though Roman's coming back from leukemia and all that. Um, Dean is a really good guy being the sympathetic guy, isn't he? Like, he's just that guy. You look at him, it's like, oh, he got beat up. Let's feel sorry for him. Like, it's <laughs> like that's literally how I felt after the show ended. I'm like, oh, look at him on the ground. No direction. Like, what? <laughs> Poor Dean. You like, remember uh, just before the match happened, the backstage segment? Yes. Where he stormed out of the locker room, went up to Triple H. He's like, I demand to face Drew McIntyre. That's the Dean Ambrose that should have been here the last five months Yeah. as a heel. Yeah. Um, again, like, where do you put him on the card now? He's like, if you're going to have Roman versus Drew. Yeah. I don't know what, like, what he's what? on the card, though. You think they'll put him on? This contract, supposedly he's leaving. If he's actually leaving, I don't think they'll even bother putting him on the show. You know what? To me, the best case scenario is, I guess at this point, is you have Dean come out and in the main event and cost Brock the title. I mean, that's maybe the best best thing to do. I don't know. Or they all celebrate with Seth Rollins. And he kind of teases that he's going to turn heel, but then he doesn't and they all leave. <laughs> it's he like, just keeps him on his, on his toes. Like, am I going to eat with the dead? No, no. It's a good one. <laughs> you know what would be cool? Not going to lie, because I could easily see the Raw after Mania. It's always impactful. It's always yeah. huge. I could see Seth coming out, <laughs> being, the, being the universal champion, and just doing his typical laugh. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean any. <laughs> Do you remember when he came back from the injury? He comes back. Everyone's cheering him. He's like, I never needed you. <laughs> he turned Neil right after. It's like, yes, this is the Seth we need. So it's either, to me, after WrestleMania, it's either Rollins comes on Raw and turns heel, or you have Roman come out and turn heel and beat the shit out of Rollins, or you could just have the typical Drew McIntyre guy come out and be like, I want that title, I want, like, (laughs) but another thing I actually want to bring up, which is very interesting, you mentioned Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar were a team back then, Paul Heyman comes out and says... I'm a Shelton Benjamin guy. <laughs> what? The, this is the most random thing I've seen in a while. Because Shelton Benjamin was doing nothing. What is? It, what do you make of this? Yeah, and he wasn't on SmackDown for a long time. A long time. And he's a good, like, I don't know, he, since that tag team with Chad Gable, which I don't even think they should have even started to begin with. But, I don't know, he's a good in-ring guy still. And I'm surprised we haven't really had him and Brock Lesnar, no interaction since they even got called up. The only time they did was when... He took on Kurt Angle in like 2003 is like the last time they wrestled. So for him to come out now and them to bring up like OVW and that they were both recruited together and a tag team. Like I liked how they did that. 
maybe it's like, oh, Shelton Benjamin's training with Brock Lesnar because he's a similar size guy to Seth Rollins. He can move like that. So Brock Lesnar's taking him kind of seriously. So it makes Seth Rollins look stronger. You'll see Shelton for another week or two, and then you won't hear his name again. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate because that guy can still go. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, if anything, if they were to book this correctly, you could have, like, Shelton in his corner of Mania, and you could have Dean in Seth's corner of Mania. Where it's kind of like what we saw from, like, Brock and Triple H. You had Sean and Trip is, Trip's corner, and you had Heyman in Lesnar's corner. But, again, like you said, this is probably just going to be a meaningless couple weeks for Shelton, and then bye. Um, after that, we had basically Ronda discussing her actions, blah, 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 all that shit. Um, her, to me, her her promos are subpar at best. I feel like she she just when you think of like emotional like emotionally being invested in a character, she's too emotional. Like it's one thing to be a heel and be a dick and you know point out all the flaws in the you know the audience like you know like let's say like oh Cleveland sucks like you, yeah. your your city stinks, say stuff like that. But she literally like takes it too far. Like I feel like she's too invested in her own mind. It's yeah. like oh I need to really hate. Like, I really need to be hated on, so I'll just say all this shit and force all this stuff upon myself. It's like, Rhonda, you got to just relax, chill out, be a cocky champion, and that is it. So it was also two weeks ago. She's coming out smiling and pulling oh, stuff out yeah. of her jacket to <laughs> hand to the little kitties, and now there's total flip side. Yeah. Wrestling. That's... I will say I'm happy she slowed it down a bit because usually I can't understand half the words she's saying. She talks so fast and then uses like – Screw the man. Ben the boo. It's like, holy shit. What the fuck? So compared to her past promos, this one was all right. It's like, yeah, no more missing that people. And then she starts hitting everyone like, what just happened? I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, I just didn't understand Dana Brooke's involvement. Oh, my God. That I was didn't... uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> You know what? That was the best I've seen her. Yeah. <laughs> but you just know what's going to happen. I just feel bad for her. And then, of course, moment of bliss. The WrestleMania 35 host is Alexa Bliss. Yeah, that's a good one. But, again, it's coming out of nowhere because she had this whole, like, I don't know if she's a face, if she's a heel. She, like, flip-flops now since Royal Rumble. That whole thing where she announced her return, she was a baby face, and Lacey Evans was coming out, and you thought they were going to go in that direction. And now, slowly after uh, the Royal Rumble match, she's being a heel a bit. Then with Finn Balor, it's like she's a face again. Very confusing. I don't know where they're going to go with her as a host. Um, I thought they were going to get Bliss versus Evans at Mania. I thought that was happening, but I guess she's not cleared or something. No idea. The next thing I want to bring up, why is Elias being treated as, like, nothing? He was, what did he, he was doing his usual thing, and then No Way Jose came out. And then Elias beat him up, and that was it. No way, Jose. He was in a segment with that guy. Can we just process that? We thought this guy would be universal champion. At least this year, yeah. Yeah. I, I really can't give you an answer. He's just lost in the shuffle, I guess. It's his turn. <laughs> and no way, Jose, with the new hair, feeling the glow. That <laughs> threw me off. The thing I love most, though, about like Elias is he can just make it work both ways. Like, when he was a face, everyone loved him. When he's a heel, everyone hates him. And just, a lot of people say that, like, that shtick gets old. But to me, I just love seeing it every week. He comes out, does a couple little strums, someone inter- interrupts, Crowd just looks, and then that's it. Then there, there's your segment. But, yeah, Elias, I thought he'd be in for big things. And right now, nothing. <laughs> and, like, I thought they would kind of, like, if, okay, let's say Roman was gone a little longer. Maybe you could have had Elias plug in there as the top face. You maybe, I don't know, you give him a shot. Maybe against the Drew McIntyre after Lesnar. To me, Lesnar screws everything up when you look at like the face-heel hierarchies. Because yeah. Lesnar's up here and everyone else is like over here. That's how like Vince sees it. He's like, oh, Lesnar's our guy. Until he leaves, that's it. Like Which le- no one will ever know when. Yeah. I think after WrestleMania. Thank God. And then he'll be back at SummerSlam. Oh, Because okay. it's in Toronto. They want to capitalize on him being, like, sort of Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> so after the, the Triple H Batista segment, we got Kurt Angle coming out, because why not more nostalgia? Comes out and says, oh, I'm, I'm retiring after WrestleMania. And then he squared up against Apollo Crews. And he beat him. 
So Apollo Crews has basically been buried. Yeah. Um, and uh, who do you think is Kurt Angle's opponent? I, I hear it might be Chad Gable. I hear it might be John Cena. And apparently, don't kill me for this, I hear there's also rumors that it might be the dead man, The Undertaker. Yeah, okay, this is – go, <laughs> we'll go in every possible way. I think when Bobby Lashley, the almighty Bobby Lashley, won the Intercontinental title – I thought maybe he would be an opponent for Kurt Angle because he got history from Impact and it would help Lashley, I think. But if they go with him and Lashley now, are they going to make Kurt retire as Intercontinental Champ? That that I don't think they would do. And then you can have Kurt versus Samoa Joe if he goes to SmackDown. I don't think they'll do that. Kurt versus John Cena, that'd be an interesting story. Kurt versus the Deadman. They never had a match at WrestleMania together. They were supposed to, but... Never ended up happening. Maybe they do that. A short match. Undertaker beats him. Adds another name to his streak. And they go from there. To me, there's only one option. And his name is John Cena. Recognize. (laughs) (laughs) His uh, his SmackDown debut, first match against them. And then it would be fitting that it would be Angle's last match against him. And, you know, Cena hasn't... uh, Usually this time around, he just fills himself into the card like most of these old-timers do. So that would be a perfect match. What would be your expectations for a match like that? Awful. Awful. Yeah, yeah. It's more for the nostalgia, I guess. That's it, what, yeah. Like, yeah. When he faced Apollo Crews, I thought he shouldn't even wrestle at all. I think right the since Royal Rumble, they shouldn't even have Kurt Angle on TV and give him that time to like at least rest up. Not take any bumps at all and then wrestle at WrestleMania. Maybe he can get some kind of match, but... All these bumps he's taking now, I think, are going to damage the quality of his WrestleMania matchup. Um, yeah. And then, like, you're looking at, like, more nostalgia. And I'm looking at it, and it's like, when you really look at Kurt Angle, he's done. Yeah. Like, what are you expecting from him at WrestleMania? I know it's his final match. Like, what are you expecting? Like, last year, he put on a great match, surprisingly, with Rousey and... Triple H and Stephanie. I never thought those four would put on a great match. <laughs> Should have ended it there. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't, I, like, even if he were to face John Cena, yeah, it has the name value, but, like, the in-ring work is probably going to be, like, off. Yeah. It's going to be awful. <laughs> It'll be a spot fest, pretty probably. much. You think you can feel, he's going to do a moonsault last match? No way. <laughs> Damage risking is, he'll break his fucking his knee, his hip. He'll break his hip, yeah, yeah 100%. Kurt should, have, Kurt should have went out after Drew fucking brutalized him yeah. on Raw. It's just the crowd was horrible that night. That would have been per- if the crowd was into that. I think he would have walked away being at least happy with this performance, and it was a great passing of the torch kind of thing. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of this Kurt Angle one more match thing. Well, after that, we saw Drew basically beat Roman and Dean back to back segments. Um, does Drew have a shot in beating Roman at Mania? No. <laughs> that's it just no yeah no don't see it happening <laughs> okay well that we'll talk more about that next week uh we're gonna go to smackdown we open with a heel shane mcmahon uh bringing out the best in the world trophy i love this segment i thought it was so funny how the commentators or the announcers like say it like this the best in the world shane mcmahon he grabs his ties like say it better I think he has a thing for squeezing people's faces. Yeah. You did that to him three times. <laughs> Say it with conviction. <laughs> I love what he's like. He's like, you know, you don't know how much I do behind the scenes every day for you guys. And I don't care anymore. And come WrestleMania, I'm going to beat the Miz and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's like this guy has gray hair. This guy talking like this. It just killed me. It was so funny. And again, like no Miz. It was kind of. Yeah. It did the job. I want Vince McMahon involved in this feud. It would be perfect. They're missing out if they don't put him in this at all. Have even Miz like attack Vince McMahon. It's or perfect. Have, you have, yeah. You have the Miz's dad and you have Shane's dad. Or you just even have Vince do a promo with uh, the Miz saying, you know what? I really want you to beat up my son at WrestleMania. I want you to do it. <laughs> I don't want him running this car. If you do it, I'll give you a title match. And just be, have the Miz beat him and then get a title match after that. Just have Vince McMahon involved in this. He's been involved in every other match <laughs> at WrestleMania with changing Kofi and... Uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and everything have him involved in this too he can go to Miz and Bryan again after that wow (laughs) Uh, if only that were to be the case next we had Ricochet Aleister Black and the Hardys versus the Bar Shinsuke and Rusev go to a no contest because the New Day just came out and flattened everybody this looked very good I like this the New Day looked 
Oh man, they looked angry and uh, they just decked the bar and Shinsuke and Rusev. They 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 demolished them. And to be honest, the Hardy Boys looked amazing in this. I love Matt. That guy is just the king of reinventing himself, <laughs> along with Jericho. Oh yeah, he kind of like Mick. He's kind of like Mick Foley, and then he's bringing all his characters in one thing. Like first he's uh, broken Matt. Then he has Mattitude Matt with some of the moves. He goes on the ropes like Hardy Boys Matt Hardy. And then he's version one Matt Hardy at the end. I think even Tom Phillips brought it up. Yeah. Like, Since we're going back in time, Mattitude. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Up next, we had an intense promo between Randy and AJ. I thought this was, wow, this was uh, really personal. And um, who do you think won this promo here? I'll say, uh, I'll say AJ. I was, I was texting Alino last night. I'm like, I never thought I would hear Dixie Carter's name mentioned on <laughs> WWE television, and they went there. But uh, my initial reaction when Orton started talking, I was pissed off because I first thought, why the fuck can't you do this all the time? Like, you pick your spots once a year. and like the, the back and forth was just amazing. I think AJ won this, though. It should be interesting the next few weeks. Yeah, I like Randy Orton. It's like... This whole Viper thing when he comes out so robotic and he talks so slow in his promos, it doesn't make me interested in all of his matches. This was like legend killer version of Randy Orton like we saw in SmackDown 1000 where he actually talked. It's like, it's good. He said uh, AJ and his indie buddies brought out the two sweet and stole it from all the WWE guys. And AJ was like talking about how Randy can't even cut it on the independent scene. And Orton fired back and said, well, I was winning uh, WWE titles and facing Undertaker at Mania. You were in, in Florida tanning and hanging out with Dixie Carter in TNA. <laughs> so that was a great move by Randy. I'm the landlord. Rent is up, son oh, of a bitch. I love oh, it. I love oh. it. You want your rent? <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> That's going to be a good match, I think. I really hope they give it time. Yeah. Um, I'll say – do you, it okay, so like we saw Seth and Randy go – Four years ago at WrestleMania. That match was really good. Um, but again, the buildup was... Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. That's when Randy just turned face. After. Yeah, and it was like, whatever. Um, do you think this match could be match of the night? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. given time, I think. And also, too, like the backstory of this. Orton isn't like Lesnar, Cena, Batista, who went out and did other stuff. He was a constant in WWE, and AJ was a constant in TNA. So... You're having those two face each other. There's a good backstory to that. As long as they do these promos every week, yeah, I'm down. I'm good. I'm invested. I love in how them. they can actually mention TNA now. Yeah, because that's a huge chunk of his career. And if you bring that involved, if you involve that into the story, it's uh, way more elements to play with. And they even brought in some like when they do those WWE Network specials. I think they buy some footage from TNA because they have like Global Wrestling Network on the bottom. Yeah. They actually had a few of those and Matt Hardy's and AJ. So. It's good that they actually acknowledge some of those matches because that was actually some of AJ's best work. And maybe we'll see some of his high-risk TNA moves in this match with Warden. Spinal tap. Oh, this is a solid move. <laughs> is it? So who do you think wins this? AJ? Yeah, I think AJ wins. I think he has to win it, to be honest. I don't, I yeah. don't see Orton winning it. But uh, up next we had was, of course, um, Oscar Sonya again going at it. No, like again, it ended in DQ. Um, I don't know what's going on with Asuka. If we're going to see those two face Asuka at Mania, Asuka obviously to me has to retain the belt. But again, you're looking forward. Who does she face after WrestleMania? Is it Charlotte Flair? I'll never go against Charlotte because she's always going to be there. But it might be time for an NXT call-up. Shayna Baszler. You're going down the list. and I'm like, I don't know if anyone's ready or if it's not worth it or I don't know what the case is. I think Shayna Baszler faces Becky after mania and then maybe charlotte oscar again but maybe even naomi like where has she been she hasn't really had that title match with oscar one-on-one if they could do a program with those two maybe naomi turns heel that would be another way to go but i don't want to see i think mandy rose like she got her title match it's still a little early i'd be rushing it like let them develop like they've have right now for that tag match that they had at the chamber was really good keep developing them slowly and maybe eventually there'll be a one-on-one where people want to see it yeah i mean i agree with pinata i i agree with i don't like mandy and sonya are great but again they're not at the level of oscar yeah. and to me like until someone comes up like a Shayna or even an ember moon comes back but she's not going to be back for a while um 
I don't see anyone really beating Asuka for the belt. And that's a huge problem. So how long will she be lost for, do you think? Survivor Series? I'll say, okay, <laughs> I'll say, I'll say hopefully the Superstar Shake-Up, like they bring someone over, like significant, like maybe like a, like a Bailey or Sasha. So you kind of have to maybe force them to lose the tag titles. Because again, I've been saying this for a while. They don't need the tag titles, Sasha and Bailey. They don't. They really don't. It's just a name. Like, the first ever tag team champions. Look, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, those guys, you know, they all did that. He who should not be mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, like, I don't know who would be moved to SmackDown, but they need a woman that needs to be a serious threat to Asuka. Maybe it it may even have to – call me crazy. It may even have to be a Nia Jax. That's crazy. Oh, my God. I think that might actually happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Alexa Bliss, if she goes back, but if she gets cleared, that'd be another one. Lacey Evans, maybe, but again, I don't think she's ready. I don't think she's ready yeah. for that spotlight yet. Just for one match and see how she does, but I don't want to see a long program with those two. After that, we basically saw Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Kevin Owens and Ali. Uh, Rowan looked like a monster here. He uh, he got a lot of shots. To me, Owens didn't get enough offense, and I, th- I thought, you know, he was more of the sympathetic character here. People are trying to, you know, make him, you know, feel bad for him. But to me, this tag team match is great. I thought Ali and Brian going at it is always going to be quality. It's always going to be good. But then you have the big guy in Eric Rowan that kind of switches things up. It's like, oh, you have the fast pace in Ali and Brian, and then boom, you have Eric Rowan come in and kind of slow it down with his power. And we we saw here that Eric Rowan is a threat, and he is he is the body and brian is the brawn so i don't know like what what are your thoughts on eric rowan in this tag match because we haven't really seen him wrestle yeah they made him look strong at least like i don't know where they're gonna go with him but he's the intellectual peer for daniel bryan and he's in that corner um pushing that recycling and being a good human being to the planet so i like it gives daniel bryan more heat yeah i thought he was great the only thing with rowan though is he's been with harper for so long so after a while, it's like, okay, when's Harper coming back? How are they going to inject him <laughs> in this? I'm like, this guy, this is good stuff. Let's pay attention to him. It's going to take a while before he gets uh, the crowd on his side because when he was uh, working in the ring there, they weren't really giving it to him until Brian got the hot tag. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like what he's doing, Rowan. It's good stuff. But I love right after the match, Vince comes out. <laughs> he just points at Brian. He's like, yeah, you're our champion. I didn't like you before, but now you're the champion. <laughs> And then the Kofi Kingston, the New Day come out where I swear to God, Kofi did not like break eye contact with Vince like the whole way, just looking at him, looking at him. This to me was the best promo of Kofi Kingston's career by a large margin, like large margin. All members of the New Day throughout the show looked serious. Um, Biggie was great because he's usually, you know, the comedic guy. He came out, he was serious. Xavier Woods talking back to Vince was good too. But again, I mean... For me, the insurmountable challenge for next week for Kofi Kingston, like, come on. Like, I, I feel like that's a little too much. The bar, uh, who else was it? Was it Eric Rowan and uh, – Ra- no, who was it? It was Randy Orton, Samoa, Samoa Joe. Joe, and the bar. And I think there's more. One more maybe? Yeah. And Rowan. Yeah, Rowan. <laughs> like, are, you, are you kidding me? That's his time to shine, yeah. Rowan. You'll I think that's going to be an easy <laughs> thing to write for the creative team. Got to write like one and a half hour of a gauntlet match. That's an easy thing, to, easy smackdown. So is Kofi starting that then? <laughs> yeah. He's probably going to face, I think, the bar in a handicap match. Or he'll beat Samoa Joe, then he'll beat the bar together in a handicap match. And let's see, okay, Randy Orton's coming out. AJ's going to cost him that, and then he's going to face Rowan for like 20 minutes. And he's gonna beat him. Joe should not be there. He's I think the U.S. champ. <laughs> yeah, don't do that to him. I think I think Joe should be the last guy in it. To be honest, that'd be pretty yeah. intriguing. I don't think he should be in the match. Yeah, because you know he's Kofi's gonna title. beat him. Yeah. Damn it. So Kofi, it's safe to say he's gonna win this, and he's gonna go on to face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. So what are your thoughts on that, Pinello? Just the whole situation. The whole thing. Because to me, it reminds me of. Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30, all over again. (laughs) Vince said the perfect comment that Bryan told Vince, he's good, he's great, but he's a B-plus player, and the crowd fucking lost it. I was sold on that line alone, and then Kofi cut that amazing promo. 
I don't know why they feel the need to throw all these fucking obstacles in the way. But, uh, yeah, this is just awesome stuff, and it's about fucking time for Kofi. Yeah, I like it. I think he's finally going to get that match. We wouldn't think this at the Royal Rumble. We no. didn't think this was a plan. It came out, out of nowhere just because Mustafa Ali got injured. Kofi got that spot, and he ran with it, and he took advantage of the opportunity. And now he's going into WrestleMania. Vince McMahon telling him, the only let's face it, the only reason you would go in the Hall of Fame is with the New Day. And then he just <laughs> laughed at him. <laughs> and then he's um, giving him this match. It's getting everyone on his side. We saw it fast lane. Everyone was so upset. In the crowd when he wasn't included and made a handicap match. And now I think it's just going to make the moment that much better when the New Day celebrate the New Day's WWE champ, Kofi Kingston. I think I think it's safe to say that Kofi's winning the yeah. belt. What if uh, <laughs> any chance in hell Brian wins? No, I don't. I want to see. <laughs> um, no. Night after, no. maybe the night no. after Biggie screws him over and for the rematch and li- Brian wins. I literally think. If if I'm booking this, I'm having Kofi win it, and then I'm gonna have a Biggie just flat out destroy Kofi Kingston and cost him the title. I think they should. Do if that. not cost him the title, go for the title. Oh, and there I'm you go. Like there you go. Well, they play like the you're bigger. You're not bigger than the whole New Day thing. I feel gonna- see like I feel like the smart booking thing to do would be you have Kofi win the title, and then you have Kofi turn heel. Oh. Where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm the champ. Like, he becomes, like, cocky. And it's like, I don't need you guys. Like, I don't need your help. I don't need you. And then finally, Big E comes out and says, yeah, you don't need my help. Well, why don't we go one-on-one for the belt then? And then that's the fuck- That's finally the trigger of Big E's singles career. I think I'm on the other side of that. I want to see Big E as the heel. Because yeah. he'll get jealous that he feels like he's supposed to be in that spot. Well, yeah, he's probably, yeah, you could do that too. Because, like, when most people look at New Day, they're like, yeah, Xavier, he's a great mouthpiece, and Kofi's the veteran, but Biggie's the guy. Yeah. And his promos have gone so much better since the last time he was a singles guy with Dolph Ziggler, and when he had that Intercontinental title stint, when he shortly, that little short reign he had, but now he can actually cut a strong promo, and he's telling Vince McMahon, he's like, no, this is not how you're going to do it. And he's like, Vince McMahon, uh, better watch, that old man's going to get a beating right there. <laughs> so, uh, I like Big E, and, um, Maybe going forward, if they do the Superstar Shake-Up and they have that feud carry over to whatever brand they're on, that could be good for both guys. Uh, but the biggest question for me is what is next for Daniel Bryan after WrestleMania? Because there's no more tag team – re uh, there's no more title rematches anymore. So uh, Even though Shane and The Miz got one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's, that's Shane, the best in the world. Come on. Yeah, obviously. I think The Miz and Daniel Bryan pick up that feud again. And they have the face versus. What would you deal? do if Daniel Bryan just comes out after like losing the belt and just beats the shit out of the Miz, being like, "It's your fault, I fucking." <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking so funny, but yeah, there's a lot of options with the Kofi Kingston route. That's why I love it. Like you have the New Day involved, you could have the New Day turn, you could have Kofi turn, whatever. But yeah, for me, Daniel Bryan losing is to me uh, happening at WrestleMania, and I'm okay, I'm okay with it. I'm not. I'm gonna be kind of upset. Maybe it might be too soon, but at the end of the day, it's 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 a happy ending yeah. for for WWE fans. And to me, looking at WrestleMania, it might be a lot of happy endings at WrestleMania. Could Seth Becky Rollins, Seth? Becky, and Kofi. What if? Uh, I feel like that's too good. <laughs> Charlotte wins. <laughs> Not Charlotte. Not what Brock. If, what if no. Ronda wins? Wins, and then they save <laughs> Becky just to add more, and then. Becky chases the title again and beats Ronda at another pay-per-view. I'll have a fucking breakdown because <laughs> it's WrestleMania. No, and she's no a other heel time. and everybody would hate her so much if she wins. Like, can you imagine that? <laughs> if Ronda were to win, it'd be she. I would call her Brock Lesnar. I'd be like, you're Brock Lesnar. I think that'd be more than a Brock Lesnar. <laughs> she would actually want to stay there. Brock Lesnar already has his plans. Like. I'm dipping, and I'll come back later for my paycheck. Okay, before we go, how would you book the Brock Lesnar match? I would have – I actually would have Bobby Lashley uh, come out, beat up Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins wins, and Seth Rollins turns heel with Paul Heyman and Bobby Lashley, setting up Brock Lesnar Lashley when he comes back. Oh, I'm having Seth beat him clean because <laughs> it's about oh, time. Man. Uh yeah, I like I like uh you got to protect Lesnar. 
I feel like if he loses, it's not going to be clean. It's going to be the probably Dean coming out or what about Finn Balor? Maybe maybe we Roman. Maybe Finn at the end of uh, or when Rollins was coming to the ring, they shook hands and they teased something there. And he lost his championship. Yeah. <laughs> he lost it. So he has nothing to do with Mania right now. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention that. Lashley beat him for the belt. That is horrendous timing. Why? Weeks there must be Why? something brewing for Finn Balor. Coming Finn in. versus The Undertaker? Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> like, they didn't have to... What was the point of Finn winning the title if they're going to take it off yeah, three weeks later? For viewers. Because in those three <laughs> weeks, he could have built something there. And now he didn't he's just it. lost. He didn't defend it at Fastlane. He was off the card. Well, that's it for this week. Yep. <laughs> Send on a negative note. <laughs> Alino, just tell us where they could listen. Uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at ITZ underscore podcast, ITZ podcast on Facebook, and check us out Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and the link will be there. Make sure to watch WrestleMania 35. The nostalgia acts are real, and there may be a lot of happy endings for the little kitties out there. Come WrestleMania. That's it, guys, for this week.